The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on this Thursday, June 22nd edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Only eight games on the betting board for today, and four of them have already started. Been a bit of a crazy morning with all the NBA draft movement, trying to figure all that stuff out. Uh, we got some content over at vcin.com, although you know what? It's very difficult when it comes to these draft markets because things get dated really, really quickly because it's such a fluid market. It doesn't take much to move these numbers, whether it's betting activity, just some piece of news that goes viral on social media, whatever the case may be. So doing the best we can to cover the draft over at vcin.com. We'll have some recap stuff after tonight's event as well, so you can check that out over at the website. And of course, with it being Thursday, with it being June 22nd, we are one week away from the release of our 2023 NFL betting guide. It's always football season here at VSIN, which is why the guide is coming out earlier than ever before. June 29th, our NFL betting guide will help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with in-depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, proprietary betting trends, best bets on season win totals, futures, props, Featured article from Michael Lombardi. Brent Musburger has a byline in the guide. My thoughts on all 32 of the NFL season win total numbers that are out there. It is jam-packed with information to get you in that NFL mindset, get you ready for the upcoming season. And you can become a VSIN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19.99. That's our introductory offer and reserve your copy of the guide. Or take advantage of our summer kickoff special which will give you all access to VSIN everything as a pro subscriber, 24-7 video, access to all of our betting tools, all of our content behind the paywall. You'll get that for just $175. And not only will it be football content, it will include our college football guide, which comes out August 3rd, but it will also include 
our college basketball betting guide, our NHL and NBA betting guides, all of our content through the Super Bowl in those sports as well. So 175 bucks, head over to vcin.com slash subscribe to check that out. All right, so as I mentioned, eight games in Major League Baseball today. Four of them have already started. We had one makeup game. That's the Diamondbacks and the Nationals, and I will talk about that in a few minutes here. Other than that, the early games all getting underway. Do have one play in one of the late games here tonight. That is the Rays and the Royals, so I'll get to that shortly. But with some time, because there's only a limited number of games here today, I want to talk about a few overarching things in Major League Baseball that maybe we can look to take advantage of as we go forward here. Some things in terms of the standings, some things in terms of you know, kind of piggybacking off of what I talked about on Monday's show with performance with runners in scoring position. All of these things that kind of dictate, you know, whether or not teams win games or whether or not teams are in positions to maybe start performing better, maybe regress back to the mean a little bit. So I want to touch on some of those things here today, and I want to start yet again with the San Diego Padres. So the San Diego Padres, as I've mentioned, you know, a historically bad season with runners in scoring position. And Jason Martinez, who runs the roster resource portion of fan graphs, actually tweeted about that. I believe it was yesterday looking at just how bad they've been. 199 batting average with runners in scoring position this season. Yet they still have a positive run differential. They're minus four games in Pythagorean win loss. And the reason why is because they are five and 13 in one run games. They are 0 and 6 in extra inning games. That is the most loss tied for the most losses without a win in extra innings. Houston also 0 and 6 on the season. But the Padres have all of these examples of being a better team than they actually are. And at some point, I do think that all of this has to come to a head and this team has to go on a roll. I mean, they have a good bullpen to be five and 13 in one run games to be zero and six in extra inning games. They have a positive run differential, like I said, and they're still 35 and 39 in terms of their win loss record, but 39 and 35 by Pythagorean win loss. And if we look at base runs, they're actually 40 and 34. So this is a Padres team that should be substantially better than it actually is. And I do think that as we go forward here, this will be a good play on team. So we'll see if it comes to fruition, but this is a team that has gotten very unlucky in close games and it's been twofold, right? They're getting unlucky in one run games, but also if you're batting 199 as a team with runners in scoring position, that makes it hard to win those close games. All of those things should positively regress for the Padres. And I do think that as we go forward here, this is a team, whether you look at, you know, a um, adjusted season win total for the second half, whether you look at odds to make the playoffs, something like that. I do think that this team still has a good chance of making it to the postseason, despite how things have gone here so far. Seeing over at DraftKings, yes, plus 155 for the Padres to make the playoffs. And to be totally honest with you, remember, there are three wildcard spots. And the Marlins are a paper tiger. They are way overperforming here this season. Maybe the Phillies get hot and stay hot, and they've been a little bit better here in the month of June, but it's not out of the realm of possibility with the fact that we only have 13 games against each division opponent that all three wildcard teams come from the National League West. It certainly appears that there's a decent chance that all three wildcard teams come from the American League East. So the National League West, it's not out of the question, especially because San Diego is so much better of a team than that record currently suggests. 
So plus 155 to make the playoffs, maybe not that bad of a grab in terms of the Padres, but looking at some of their, you know, circumstantial and situational stats, as well as that, you know, big gaping hole in terms of what they've done with runners in scoring position. And the reason why I'm down on a team like the Marlins here is that they're 18 and five in one run games. And this is a team that I really don't think their bullpen is that great. They're 27 and 17 against teams with a losing record, 15 and 16 against teams 500 or better here, 42 and 33, but their Pythagorean win loss says they should be a 36 and 39 team. Base runs is in a similar kind of spot at 37 and 38. So this Miami team has gotten very, very lucky throughout the course of the season. And I do think that as we go forward, that will show up, you know, Sandy Alcantara with another rough start yesterday, Edward Cabrera's on the IL, um, you know, Yuri Perez has been really good, but there's some regression signs in that profile too. So, you know, Trevor Rogers is on the 60 day IL. He's probably done for the year. So there are a lot of concerns with this Miami team, especially because they've gotten really fortunate in their close games. Similarly, the Milwaukee Brewers, another team with a negative run differential, but they're 11 and four in one run games. They are 34 and 40 by Pythagorean win loss, and they are 32 and 42 by base runs. So this Milwaukee team is clearly overachieving to be two games over 500. They are a very, very bad offensive team. They will get Brandon Woodruff back at some point here. But, you know, when I look at the Brewers, I just I don't see a playoff contender. I don't really see a contender for this division. Honestly, I think the Chicago Cubs may have the best or the second best roster in that division, and they're getting a little bit hotter now. They've won eight of 10. They're a team at seven and 11 in one run games. So kind of looking for some of these teams to move up, some of these teams to move down a little bit. And now that we're, what are we, three weeks away from the all-star break, you'll start seeing some of those second half markets pop up and stuff like that. And I do think there will be some opportunities for adjusted season win totals, odds to make the playoffs, all these kinds of things. So that'll be something I think we should look for as we go throughout the rest of the season here with the Padres being a clear team to keep an eye on the Marlins, the Brewers, the Cubs being another one. Uh, what about the Philadelphia Phillies? They are just three games over 500 and they're 16 and seven in one run games. So they've gotten very fortunate in close games here so far, and they're only three games over 500. And you can look at that and say, well, you know what? Their offense wasn't good for a while. Yeah, that's very true. But this is a team that historically has not had a great bullpen, doesn't really have great pitching. They're 19 and nine against teams with a losing record and 19 and 26 against teams 500 or better. So these are all things that we can look at as we go throughout the course of the season here. And again, now is a good time to look at these things because you may get some good prices on making the playoffs. You may get some good prices on missing the playoffs, stuff like that. For example, you know, I talked about it with Miami. They're minus 110 both ways now to make or miss the playoffs. I think they missed the playoffs. So at minus 110, I don't think that's a bad bet because at some point, this is going to correct for them. They are going to tail off. And you know, we're just kind of waiting for that moment to come through here. A couple of other teams to mention here quickly. You know, I think it's important to consider that, you know, Toronto is a team that is 20 and 8 against teams with a losing record and 21 and 27 against teams 500 or better. And at this point in time, I would say that the Toronto Blue Jays are a disappointment this season. 
and they're six games over 500. But I think a lot of their advanced metrics are pointing to them being kind of disappointing here for this season. They're not hitting at the rate that I expected. They're certainly not hitting at the rate that I expected at home where Rogers Center has some new ballpark dimensions this year. So Toronto is kind of an underwhelming team to me, and I don't think that they're going to miss the playoffs per se. But as you look at that AL East, and Baltimore is a bit of an overachiever as well, especially from a base run standpoint. But as you look at that AL East, of the top four teams, I don't think Boston has the horses to make the playoffs. But of the top four teams, you know, when you compare them to the West and you look at you know which team may be the odd man out in the American League East, it could very well be Toronto. Because Baltimore, you know, they're, they're calling up young kids. They're calling up guys with upside. Toronto needs to make some trades, I think, to really cement their status as a contender here for the postseason. And specifically, you know, as a team that can hold off a Houston or a Los Angeles or somebody like that in the wild card chase. So that's a team I'm watching closely as well, where they're barely on the right side of positive and run differential. They're 7-17 seven and 17 within the division. That's been a problem for them. And again, they've beaten up on the Patsies, but they haven't played well against teams on their level. And that's always a big concern for me. So just some teams, some food for thought, some things to kind of keep in mind as we look ahead to the rest of the season here. Coming up on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets, talk about the Thursday card and my one play for June 22nd. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. 
I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, five-star reviews. Very, very much appreciated here on the show. As I mentioned, four games already in action. Not really a whole lot to say about any of them, but I did want to talk about this situation with the Diamondbacks and the Nationals. Currently, as I'm recording here, 1-1, top of four. Neither offense doing much against Tommy Henry or Jake Irvin. But the thing that really stands out about this game that I think is quite interesting is both of these teams lost out on travel days for this makeup game, and they both have significant travel. So Washington's going all the way out to San Diego, and Arizona's going all the way out to San Francisco. So now you have to play this one-off makeup game where the uh, the Diamondbacks were in Milwaukee, so they had to go from Milwaukee to D.C., play this morning game, then fly out to San Francisco, and, you know, you lose an off day, and that's always frustrating because you only get so many. There's a finite amount of them during the regular season. But also, you're heading into a big series against a division opponent, and fortunately for them, it looks like Tommy Henry is going to give them some length here today, at least based on his performance so far. But that's another day where the bullpen has to work. You know, going into a series against the Giants team where they've been really, really good offensively for a long period of time, and they're trying to run their win streak to 11 games today. So that's not a great situation for Arizona. For Washington, it probably doesn't matter as much because they're not playing for anything. But still, you know, you lose an off day in one of America's best cities. San Diego's a fantastic town if you've never been there. And, you know, now they play this game at home. Then they have to fly out to the West Coast, kick off this West Coast road trip. You know, it's just not a great situation for either one of these teams here. And, and again, I mean, Modern day travel is great. And yeah, it's a five and a half hour flight, but they get three hours back. I understand all these kinds of things. And these guys are flying, you know, on 757s that are, you know, chartered by the team and all that. I get it. But still, it's, you know, a frustrating and irritating situation to have to lose an off day, specifically one where you've got a significant amount of travel. So we'll see if there's any carryover to the weekend for either one of these teams. But I do think that it is a possibility. Padres and the Giants. We got Blake Snell and Alex Wood in this one. And Giants winning 4-2 yesterday. They're up to 10 straight. They did use six relievers yesterday, including closer Camilo Doval, who's been used four times in six days. He's probably unavailable today. Tyler Rogers worked back-to-back days. He could be as well. The bullpen situation for the Giants looks pretty iffy at this point in time. And Again, winning games is fantastic, and obviously you'll trade anything for wins. But the thing about winning 10 straight games, especially winning a lot of them in close fashion, is that your bullpen gets wrecked. So that's why I always like to fade a team after a long winning streak when it gets broken because you know managers are going to go, eh, you know what, I rode these guys so hard out of the pen, I'm going to try to give them a day off. I'm going to try and sneak a day off for them. I'm going to try and sneak some days off for my position players, stuff like that. And also, you start kind of questioning things a little bit, right? Everything's going perfect. Everything's going flawlessly. You lose a game, and it's like, oh, well, 
What do we need to correct? What do we need to fix? What do we need to do? Whereas when you're winning, it's just, come on, boys, let's keep this rolling. It's a different mentality. It's a different mindset. So if the Giants do lose today, I wish I had a better travel situation for Arizona tomorrow because I would look at Arizona and say, you know what? That's a team that you know may be in a position to take advantage here, but the difficulty is it's Zach Davies and Logan Webb. So that kind of shoots that in the foot. But maybe Saturday with Merrill Kelly on the bump against the Giants could be interested in that one. As far as today's game goes, Blake Snell, phenomenal in his last five starts. Really, really good. I know that on the season overall, 348 ERA, 455 expected, 421 FIP, but 276 ERA, 381 FIP in his last 11 starts, two runs on 14 hits in his last 30 innings pitched, and he's faced the Nationals, Marlins, Cubs, Rockies, and Rays. So four offenses that throughout the season have been pretty good against left-handed pitching, and Snell's been very, very good in that split. So we'll see what he does in this start here today against the Giants, who have been improving as a team against lefties, but were very, very bad early on in the season. And the Padres pen up against it a little bit as well here. Josh Hader, Nick Martinez, Stephen Wilson, all would be working a fourth time in six days. Tim Hill would be working three times in four days. So both of these bullpens getting used extensively here of late. But I think Snell definitely with an upgraded chance of winning this game over Alex Wood. But that's why you've got the minus 135 price. Actually up to minus 140 now on the Padres with that total of eight or eight and a half. Mitch Keller and Braxton Garrett in this game between the Pirates and the Marlins. Marlins, $1.55, $1.60 favorite, total of seven in this one. And that's a big number for the Marlins when you consider what Mitch Keller has done here on the season so far. 362 ERA, 338 FIP, and 92 innings pitched. But Keller, over his last five starts, 614 ERA, 491 FIP, giving up at least four runs in four of those five starts. High BABIP, low left on base percentage. High barrel rate in that span, 14.1%. So Keller, not really locating all that well right now. And I think something that's important, again, as I mentioned, I think on yesterday's show, is the full body of work versus the last five or ten starts for these guys. And the market is really punishing pitchers for their last five starts. It seems like, and I don't know if we've all randomly agreed to this or not, but it seems like the sports books are really looking at the smaller sample size more than the full body of work a lot more than they usually do for this season. And it almost feels like when they're setting numbers out there, they're kind of looking at that split of the last five starts. And look, I understand that current form is really important, but also, you know, sometimes you just run into five rough starts or maybe one of those starts you were really awful and it came in a really good hitters park, something like that. For Keller, it's kind of been an all around thing where his command has just sort of fallen off. But that is something I've picked up in terms of the betting markets this season where there's a lot of recency bias priced into the numbers for these starters, and maybe that's the way to do it. I don't know. But I do think that maybe it allows us as bettors to provide a little bit more context into the equation. So I guess that's something I'll try to focus on going forward as I try to dig out of what has not been the greatest of seasons for me. Garrett going for the Marlins, as I mentioned, 388 ERA, 452 expected, 343 FIP. Phenomenal strikeout to walk numbers, 46.7% hard hit percentage is why that expected ERA is so high. 
outside of giving up 11 runs to the Braves on May 3rd, Garrett's only allowed 19 runs in 65 and a third innings pitched. So I guess I get it. Uh, and the Pirates are clearly not playing well either. That certainly factors into this line where they've lost a bunch of games here of late. I will look to fade Braxton Garrett in his next road start against a good offense, though, because in this span where he's been good, the Reds, before they called anybody up, Giants, Rockies, Padres, Royals, White Sox, Nationals, not a whole lot of good offenses there that Garrett has faced. So I will look to go against him as we go forward here as he kind of steps up in class a little bit. One late game to, to mention here in the American League, the Mariners and the Yankees, Brian Wu and Domingo Herman in this one. And I thought this was a pretty interesting line to see Seattle as a road favorite here. DraftKings with the high price in the market at minus 115. Wu has a 730 ERA, but a 260 expected ERA, 368 FIP in his three starts. He struck out almost 38% of opposing batters, 20 of 53 that he's faced. He's only issued two walks as well. Struggled in his first start against the Rangers, gave up six runs on seven hits in that one. Over his last two starts, four runs on seven hits and 10 and a third, 16 strikeouts. Uh, the Yankees are watered down a little bit right now, certainly. No Aaron Judge. Giancarlo Stanton got a day off yesterday because he's been struggling. Um, I still think this is a pretty optimistic stance to take on Brian Wu, who came up from double A and has really risen quickly through the Mariners organization. And I also think that Domingo Herman is, is not as bad as the market thinks he is. 430 ERA, 455 expected, 464 FIP. Those numbers aren't great, but prior to his last start, where he gave up seven runs and two and a third to Boston, he had a 349 ERA, 438 FIP, which was kind of high because of his home run rate. But I don't love this matchup for the Mariners. I mean, you know, Herman's got a decent strikeout rate, doesn't walk a ton of guys. Mariners don't hit for a lot of power. I couldn't get there with taking the Yankees today. Uh, I just, I, you know, it's hard to trust their offense and shame on me for doing that yesterday. But this line swung pretty heavily overnight on some respected money. So I want to respect that. I want to understand where that money came from. But the more I kind of stare at this game, the more I kind of like the Yankees, I, I just wasn't able to make the play. The one play that I do have for tonight, though, is the over in the game between the Rays and the Royals. Rays are a minus 365 and up favorite. Big old number here. Total of seven and a half. Jose Quas will open this game for the Royals, who will then use minor leaguers like Austin Cox or Brooks Kriske. Those will be the guys that kind of eat up the bulk innings here as they recently DFA'd Mike Myers for assignment. Uh, Quas is a guy 415 ERA, 527 expected, giving up five home runs and 30 and a third innings. Cox has only made five appearances at the big league level, hasn't given up a run yet, so kudos to him for that. Uh, but in AAA, had a 680 FIP over 42 and a third. Krisky's only pitched one MLB inning so far this season. So the Rays are getting a below average reliever and probably two minor league caliber arms in this one. Now, the Royals are getting Shane McClanahan, and it is tough to expect the Royals to do anything with McClanahan. 212 ERA, 362 expected, 367 FIP. But that's what I'm looking at here. You know, McClanahan, just 15 strikeouts in his last 19 and two-thirds, 74 batters faced. So that's not a great K percentage. 15 strikeouts in 74 batters faced, 20.3%. That's well below where he usually is. Left on base percentage, still up around 92%. 
45.6% hard hit rate in his last four starts. Yes, he's faced the Padres, Rangers, Red Sox, and Cubs, who are all better than the Royals, but the Royals do make a lot of hard contact. I've talked about that a lot this season. Also, last start for McClanahan, velocity drop, first start with his fastball velo under 96 miles per hour on the year, big drop in spin rate, 131 RPM in his average fastball spin rate from one game to the next. Maybe there's something going on there. Maybe it was just pitching in San Diego at Petco Park, but McClanahan is a guy that you do worry about from an injury standpoint. There are some regression signs built into the profile. And look, I mean, maybe you're just not as sharp, you know, when you take on a bad team, just to kind of look at it anecdotally. So I think the Rays offense does some damage here in this game against the Royals pitching staff. But I think the Royals can scratch out a couple, at least a couple, maybe a few against McClanahan here. So the Royals and the Rays over seven and a half minus 120, my play for today. Tomorrow, I'm filling in on Sharp Money with host Patrick Maher filling in for Amal Shaw. So it might be an expedited and shortened podcast. I've got to get over to the South Point to do that show. So, um, you know, it's gonna be a quick morning, a very, very quick morning for me on Friday, maybe a shortened podcast, maybe a little bit of a shortened article, something like that, because I'll be doing three hours with Patrick from 12 to three Pacific. So tune in for that, because that should be a whole lot of fun. But uh, again, rate, review, subscribe, two VEASAN daily baseball bets to all of our VEASAN podcasts. And remember, we are one week away from the release of the 2023 NFL betting guide. So think about that summer kickoff special over at VEASAN.com. So thanks so much for listening, everybody. And I will talk to you again tomorrow. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.